being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. And we're back. You're listening to KLZ 560. You're listening to Drive Radio. We have a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. Got Larry behind the glass, and we got Charlie, our engineer, and Jeff and Ken are here with me. So we're going to go right to the phones. We got Lynn. How you doing, Lynn? I, I got comments that might get a little political regarding batteries and the making of batteries for these cars, if that's okay. That's fine. We don't mind political. Uh, well, you know what? Most of these greenies, especially these idiots like AOC, don't understand is that there is more pollution created to create one of those batteries for these electric cars right. than what one of these gas engines will put out in its lifetime of running because that they are so efficient these days. Not to mention how cheap the fossil fuels are for running it. And, you know, I'm driving a three-quarter ton truck right now. I use it daily in my business. Um, when are they going to, I mean, what What have you heard regarding this Hummer electric truck that they've come out with and what type of range it's supposed to have or what kind of load capacity it's supposed to have because they are not going to have trucks that are going to be able to do what I need to do or what you, I mean, can you imagine having an electric wrecker? No, no, no. So, I I just don't get the pushing. And and on top of that, California is mandated in what another ten years that everything has to be electric. They, they, well, they won't be able to sell anything but electric. Right now, they don't even have the capacity for building that many batteries. And the other thing that these uh, people that are creating all these laws aren't thinking about is that they do not have the electrical capacity. If everybody had to put in a home charging station for these cars mm-hmm. and they all require 220 volt and they want to have all wind and solar producing all the electricity that's going to your homes, they won't have the capacity to even charge these cars. Yep, very even, true. Even if we were using fossil fuels right now either natural gas or coal to to still power power plants they wouldn't have the capacity to power all of these electric cars that they're mandating am am i wrong about any of that nope no i agree with you 100 percent this this is where the the political agenda to push things has far exceeded the populace's desire to see this stuff come out and recognize what works and what doesn't work right yeah. Um. You know, and, and and the other thing that drives me crazy is anybody that can afford a Tesla 
why do I need to be giving them a six or eight thousand dollar tax credit to buy that stupid car? Now, a Nissan Leaf, maybe I could understand that. But when you're talking about these Teslas, if, if you can afford a six year and eighty thousand dollar Tesla, you don't need my tax credit. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're just taking away money from the coffers in the state of Colorado, and then on top of that, because they're completely electric, they're not paying one red cent to drive on these roads. Mm-hmm. The, the state of Colorado needs to come up with on, when when you renew the license plates on a 100% electric vehicle, there needs to be like a $1,500 road fee on there for them driving on these roads. Because they're putting the same wear and tear on the roads that I am with my three-quarter ton truck. A Tesla is not a light car. <laughs> right. I, and, and, well, the other thing with that is they have to build stations to charge these things. So how are they going to do that? You know, they have to they have, to have money somewhere right. to, to fund these. They should be, that money should be going to, to build these infrastructure, infrastructure for, that, for yeah. that. But, I mean, I can't imagine so them putting right. those up in the, in the mountains. I mean driving from here to to idaho springs or something and you have to charge up again or yeah from here to like well and i'm talking about for me out in elizabeth it's yeah it's 20 miles just to get to parker right okay and then from parker going up i mean i i would need something to be charged up by the time i get up to silverthorne yeah you know so i you know yeah well that that brings up another pet peeve when i go into a commercial building and they got all the handicapped places right in front oh and then, and then they have the charging stations right in front. Yeah, why? And, and a lot of them, I, oh, we got a bank over by us that not only has a charging station, they have small vehicle reserve parking right up next to the building. So when I go in, I take two of those spaces in my three-quarter ton truck because as far as I'm concerned, I have as much right to park next to that bank as that guy in that little Toyota Corolla or whatever they're driving it's supposed to be a small car. It drives me absolutely nuts that they think that I got to park clear out at the back of the lot because I drive a three-quarter ton truck. Yep. Yeah, yep. Just a pet peeve. Yep. yep. Yeah. Exactly. I appreciate it. No, I get it. Yep. Have a good day, guys. Right, you too. You Thanks for the call. Let's go to Julia. How you doing, Julia? Oh, oh I'm okay. I'm up here in Greeley. Uh, I guess we're the hits up here, according to the according to the paper. (laughs) (laughs) So I got, I got two issues. Well, just, I want to, all right. So somewhat funny story, but so I was in Denver and of course the traffic's so much worse there, but went to a ball game with, to watch my son play last year. And I had this uh, 2002 track truck and I, I love it, but I backed into a, of all things, a Jaguar. Because I didn't have the backup. So here's my kids. Mom, would you just buy a new car already? You can buy one. So, but I did get a, a 2020 Camry, and it has that uh, lane alert, but I can turn those off. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it, and it then it doesn't bug me so much, but I kind of get used to it. But it seems like it's oversensitive. You know, it's, if you're not even over the line, you're just near it. And it's beep, 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 you know. Right. It's giving you that. So that's, that's been handy. But then I, I had a question also on the, the track truck. Um, so it's got 180,000 miles on it, and I, I really love it. And um, But it overheats. 
And so I've had it in the mechanic a few times, and it's mostly in the summer. Summer, if you're in a drive-through, you know, and it's it's idling a lot. And then they said, well, there was a bunch of junk, like leaves and dirt, in there. Uh, but I don't know now if it's going to do it this next summer. Is that the, something that truck's prone to? Uh, I mean, all vehicles do have. We've seen that before, definitely, where between the condenser and the radiator, they get debris just builds yeah. up and stuff, especially with that kind of miles on it, too. That can sure happen. Um, I'm sure they check the electric fan or if it's got a mechanical fan. I'm not sure what kind of vehicle it is, really. Is it the oh. Chevy Track? Yeah, the 2002 Chevy okay. Track Truck. So it's a Suzuki. Um, Ford Explorer track truck. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. So the Explorer uh, sport track. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and that can definitely happen. And that's probably got a mechanical fan on it and stuff. So the fan clutch, things along those lines that they checked, hopefully, hopefully just getting that debris out of there can get you, get it cooling better. And, and, and sometimes the coolant flush helps too, because they'll, sure. they'll overheat when the coolant gets old Yeah. and mm-hmm. you need to flush it out really good. Right. Really, really good, and then put fresh new coolant in it because the the other coolant will gel a little bit and start to um, almost be like jello, it's like uh, a before. solidify down in yeah uh, down in the base. Yeah. yeah. So you need to kind of flush that oh, out, and okay. sometimes it gets around the sensors, and they got to be cleaned out. Right. So it's good to flush those every once in a while. That wouldn't hurt it, and then do like like Ken was saying, it's the to wash out between the radiator and condenser. They they pick up a lot of debris in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's not off base with that. Okay. No. I just thought, well, this is kind of bizarre because I've had it in there a few times, and then, you know, it's, yeah. I thought, well, that's kind of funky. That, <laughs> and and to, to, overheat it, to overheat it idle is a little bit different because usually yeah. cruising down the road, the debris in the radiator is where you'll have a problem where you're re- demanding more cooling flow over the radiator. So at idle... You know, if there is an electric fan, that would be where I would one. look, and yeah, the number exactly. one place to look for right. sure. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And oh, so it would be worse than the drive-through or at the stoplight. Right. Yeah. It, it was debris. Uh, okay. No. Actually, okay. Then that makes sense. Okay. All right. And then, um, do those trucks usually last? I mean, I've heard that uh, trucks can last three hundred thousand miles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I've got taken ex- care of. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, well maintained. I've got an Explorer with two eighty two on it right now. So yeah. you know, they they go a long ways. It was a it was a fluke thing. I was thinking of getting a new vehicle because I had a ninety six uh, Accord that I bought from a neighbor for twenty three hundred dollars. <laughs> but then you know, so it was getting you know older, and so a ner- fellow nurse at at work said, "Well, I'm." thinking of selling this and i had never thought about getting a truck and went out and looked and i said hey i didn't realize that and said, okay i guess god wants me to have a truck there you go <laughs> there you go so, so now my husband's driving it from greeley to mckee and so i've also heard those those highway miles or you know that's been years that highway miles are better on, yep. on vehicles mm-hmm. yep by far okay yeah. Still okay. very true. Yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. I drive about I drive about seven mile or seven minutes to work every day, so I guess I need to drive to Loveland every once in a while and get some highway miles on there. Good idea. All right. Yeah. Stretch your legs. Yeah. All right. Well, Julia, yeah. thanks for calling in. 
Well, thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right, Gary and Randy, hang in there. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. If there's one thing Geno's knows, it's that a well-maintained vehicle performs and lasts, especially during the harsh and sudden Colorado winter weather. Take advantage of Geno's free multi-point inspection. We'll evaluate your vehicle by looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Geno's continues to service Larry's Automotive customers through Napa Auto Care, warranting any work you may have had done. If you think your vehicle will benefit from our multi-point inspection, give Geno's a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Stay safe this winter. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. You go to the grocery store to buy ice cream and end up with a dislocated shoulder. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has one goal, to make sure you get the medical care you need without worrying about the cost. Your first reaction when you slip and fall tends to be embarrassment and avoidance. You hustle up to get off the floor, tell everyone you're fine, and go home in a hurry. Then, once the adrenaline wears off, you start to realize that you're not fine after all. You end up in the emergency room, needing rotator cuff surgery. Suddenly, you're facing upwards of $50,000 in hospital bills all because of a shopping trip. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh, will prove the place of business created a dangerous condition, holding them accountable for your medical expenses so you can focus only on getting the treatment you need. Call today for a free, no-obligation consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Okay, we're back, and we are Jeff from JC's, and we got Ken from Rack from uh, Toon Tech. Always oh, from Rackley. <laughs> Ken Rackley Officially. from Toon Tech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Dennis from uh, Formerly Extreme. So we're going to go right to the phones with Gary. How you doing, Gary? I am doing well, thank you. Thanks for holding over are the you break. Ready for, oh, that's all right. Are Are you ready for some battery questions? You bet. We were just talking about batteries. <laughs> Um, I bought an RV um, last May. It's a 17 on a 16 chassis. And so I pulled the batteries out of it uh, this fall and put them on my bench and put a float charger on it. 
and um, I checked it a while back, and all of a sudden it, it only read 10, 10 volts. And I checked the, the flow charger. It's reading 12 volts. So I put my, uh, my battery charger on it, and I charged it up to 13.4. And then three hours later, it was down to 12.9. The, the, the difference between the two is negligible. The next day, it dropped it down to 12.6. The following day, it was just a little under 12.6, and today it's at 12.54. That doesn't seem out of the ordinary for me, but what's throwing me off is I've got one of those little um, um, testers that uses specific gravity, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, it's, and, it, and it's showing some of those, like, um, like on the left one, I got five balls, and one, and two, and five, and three, and three, and on the um, on the other one is three two three two five two, hmm. and immediately I'd say I got dead cells. Yeah, and and so if I had dead cells in my life, it would have sucked it right down in a day's time, down to twelve or less volts. Well, you can have voltage, but you can have no amperage in that battery. Right. And that's probably what you got. If they're all over the place, that's typically that battery is on its way out. Yeah. Yeah, or those batteries, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I, when, I, when I bought it and I took it home, I found uh, the batteries had electrolyte below the plates. I oh, put, okay. I think, as much, that's I think not as, good. Much as a half a gallon. I think I put as much as a half a gallon of distilled water into them. Wow. Yeah. 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 I yeah. <laughs> think you're going to, springtime, you're going to be looking at new batteries, I yeah. would say. Yeah. And, and you know, the one thing you need to worry about is is how old the battery is, yeah. too. You know, if that battery, you don't know, you don't see a time stamp on it anywhere, do you? I do, but it's two two holes, and, and the, the four and six have been peeled out of one, and the other one's tore up, so I don't really care. Well, even that. if it's a four or oh, six, okay. I mean, that's that means that battery is four or six years old. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So if it's fourteen or sixteen, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 it's a, it's a, it's not a sixteen chassis with a seventeen Winnebago, and oh, um, yeah, okay. I didn't know that I didn't know that Winnebago would put Napa batteries into them, but well, maybe it's supplier. the second time around too. It probably is. Yeah, it could be with that with okay. the electrolyte below the plates. That typically means it could be being overcharged. Yes. So as you're either driving down the road or if it's solar or whatever. Um, somewhere, or do you leave it plugged in all the time? The inverter could be charging those batteries excessively too. Oh, okay. So you need point. to keep an eye on that water. Yeah, yeah. experience because it's boiling yeah. it out. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and then then you need to do is look where the battery goes and maybe clean that because it's probably got a lot of acid around it. Could very well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Um, yeah. Come spring, and just um, and just make it they, make sure that every at least every year you're checking that electric light because when that gets low, it sure does damage the the, the lead batteries. plates on there. Yeah, yeah. And the plates. Okay. Should I go those AGM the glass mat guys that they're all sealed up? I don't know if I'd go that way I, with that. To be honest with you, when we bought ours, we bought ours three years ago, and the guy just put some AGMs in it, and they've been working well so far. I. I don't really know, you know, because yeah. we had the, and the other ones that last us like typically about five years. So, uh, okay. so yeah, hard to say what. If you get a good battery. Know. Right. And I, I would usually, okay. I would usually go with the Napa, uh, uh, what are they, the well, extended. This one is a, this is, this is a premium Marine slash RV dual purpose. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I would and stick with. Yeah. If I were you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. uh, cause I think okay. those AGMs are about, 
one and a half times the cost of the of the glass or the uh, yeah. lead acid. Yeah. 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 And the, the gel wet. cells are well, double that. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> we haven't seen the gel cells do much better than no. <laughs> yeah. than That's the, the thing uh, I haven't seen. I had yeah. it on my boat and it didn't do very well at yeah. all. It was right. interesting. I did a little research uh, where I was doing a, a trailer setup for Denver Water and they were needing some battery and solar power and all this other stuff. And researching the differences in charging voltages and discharge rates and everything between the different types of batteries, it, Honestly, it gets flat out confusing. It does. Um, it really does. Yeah. But well, it, but I would say, you know, with your tr- with your camper and everything, and like what the other two guys here are talking about is verifying that those charging voltages are right. You know, when it's either plugged into shore power or whatever, so that you're not overcharging the battery. It's, you know, it doesn't have that you know the wrong drain on it. And then yeah. some of the, f- I know some of the fancier uh, chargers. Um, have the desulfating mode so that you can get a little bit more life out of a battery if it was starting to go bad. So, um, you know, staying on top of that whole system, it it takes some work to stay on top of it. And when it works great, it works great. And when it doesn't, you're just getting upset all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then you're camping and you only have like six hours of, or three hours of battery life or something. Yeah. I, I know John likes battery tender. I like battery minder. And that's what I have on the chassis and on my tractor. There you go. uh, And and it and it desulfates. So that's what I should be using. I shouldn't park it here on the side of the house and plug it into 110. I should go and plug it into. uh, I should put a charger on it. uh, The uh, the battery minder. Yeah. I guess that depends on what inverter setup is in the 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 camper. Yeah. Whether it has you know uh, an active battery monitor and desulfation modes or yeah. Because if you plug it in, it has it'll go through that inverter and work properly. Right. Yeah, yep. it'll um, still work. Well, but like with mine, well, what I, I do I, during the winter is I just unplug it. I disconnect my battery and just let it sit. Yeah. I find that works well, out really good. The reason I was talking AGM was because it's such a, a lovely chore to get the batteries out <laughs> of the hole. Yeah, and yeah right. See it and then be able to look inside. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Okay. All right, All Gary. Right. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. All right. With that, we got one line open, 303-477-5600. Randy, how you doing, Randy? Hey, how we doing, guys? Uh, speaking of your AGM batteries, I just bought one for the first time because it was the uh, best battery they had at the place I was at. And it was their platinum and, you know, new technology. I thought I'd give it a shot. But since it's about three months old, I can't give you a verdict because any three-month-old brand-new battery should do what it's supposed to do. Right. <laughs> Better. Yeah. The verdict is out, and I paid about 200 bucks for it. But, again, I mean, you know, they got the regular, their med, their high-end, and then they had the platinum. Yep. And so it's got to be a good battery. Sure. Uh, anyway, uh, my question had to do with fuses, the ones down there by your feet, the little ones, none of these big, big, big boys, you know, just a regular little colored fuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bought a pack to have in the car just in case of a what fur. You know, it's good to have that. So... It had everything except the five, so I went out, bought a five, put it in there, and it'll stay in the glove box. The question is, if I were to blow a five and I put a ten in there, logically it tells me, well, I got enough power, that's fine, but the question that comes into mind is, am I going to hurt something because it's twice the power? So, would I be okay putting a ten into a five until I can get by, or am I going to nuke something? That all depends on how well the circuit's working, because you've basically you're eliminating 
the proper level of circuit protection. Right, but am I overdoing it? You're, no, no, no. You can't overdo it. What you can do is, if it if it can have more than five amps in there, it will. Right. It'll. It could do some damage when it goes to pop the fuse. When you know, in other oh, words, okay. if it goes through eight amps and it can't handle eight amps, that fuse right. isn't going to blow. It's going to be what okay. we call the smoke test. <laughs> yeah. right. We used to do years ago, if you couldn't find electrical short, you put a bigger fuse in it and follow the smoke. But, yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, like I said, logic dictates, you know, if it takes five and I put a ten, I'm covered, but am I... Overcovered. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it. Overcovered. Am I going yeah. to hurt it? But I yeah. guess the worst I could do is pop the fuse, maybe, if it costs for more than five, like you said. Well, the... You know, if they're uh, running 18 gauge wire on that circuit or something, that that's, that's what the that, that smoke is going to be relieved. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that's yeah, the biggest thing. Is, thing. I, I smoke, so I may not notice it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just they do it for a reason. That's yeah. the thing. And if you could put the, if you put that in right now, you know, like you're at the mountains or you're somewhere camping, right. and you put that fuse in, and then you go home, change it out, you'd probably be okay. Providing right, there's not right, an just, just immediate problem with that yeah. system. Right. Something blew it at 5 right. amps, so, yeah. you know, I mean, if if it blows the 10 and doesn't hurt the circuit, there's, you know, a good size. Well, I did the right there. thing by getting the 5 and putting yeah. it in there, so I'd be upset. But had yeah. I not seen that it didn't have a 5, needed a 5, so naturally I'd like to put in a 25. I'd have yeah. been closest, which would be a 10. If, as long as it's, you're using it as a Band-Aid, I should be okay. I'm not going to nuke anything. or well, Don't know that. Well, like, yeah, just we don't we know, can't answer that question, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because, yeah. like Jeff says, That's it's more thing. of a protection side of the base, of the, of the right. system. Yeah, there's protecting and there's overprotecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, if I have, oh, well, I won't have to use it, but if I did, I guess that could be used as a Band-Aid if I told somebody else. Yeah, stick the in there, just change it out as soon as you get a you know, yeah. chance. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, you guys have a great day. Have a happy new year. You too, you Randy. Same. Thanks. Thank you. All right. With that, let's take another quick break. We got Doug in Pueblo and Mark from Lakewood. If you guys would hang on, you're listening to Drive Radio with Jeff and Ken and Dennis. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG products distributor. Back again this week with your BG tech tip. This time of year, as the leaves begin to turn, so do our thoughts on our summer toys. Now, we must turn to the winterization of some of our prized possessions, like our RVs, boats, motorcycles, and jet skis. Winterizing your entire RV could be a whole episode of drive time on its own, but today we're going to focus on protecting the key fluids in all of your summer vehicles throughout the winter. First, let's talk about the gas. The shelf life on most gasolines is only about three to six months. By the time the gasoline actually gets into your tank, it is already many weeks old, which means that there's very little chance the gasoline in your tank today will still be in optimum condition when you dust off your toys next spring. You want to ensure that you protect your gasoline with a top-tier fuel stabilizer like the BG CF5. You also need to protect your batteries over the winter. We recommend a battery tender stay connected at all times whenever your vehicle operation will be longer than a couple of weeks in between. Before freezing temperatures set in, it is critical to ensure that the antifreeze in your vehicle has proper freeze protection. Additionally, you must ensure that the pH balances on your antifreeze 
are correct so that you're protecting your entire cooling system from freezing and corrosion throughout the winter. The simple addition of BG Supercool can help protect against corrosion as your coolant sits through the winter. If your vehicle is going to be parked outside, we also recommend protecting any exposed organic materials like rubber or leather with a good canvas or synthetic cover to protect these materials from the harsh UV rays of the sun or the harsh freezing temperatures of the winter. These few tips will keep your toys working in perfect order so that when the sun comes out next spring, you'll be ready to hit the trail, lake, or campground without any new costly repairs. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Call Novus Autoglass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Autoglass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house, too. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions, making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Lewinberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Barber's Foods has been feeding Colorado families the highest quality protein since 1949. For over 50 years, the Barber's family raised the last of Colorado-grown turkeys on a turkey farm in Broomfield. And today, the Barber's family distributes high-quality, natural, local, and organic proteins from animals raised on family farms. They personally know all their producers, so whether you're buying beef, bison, pork, or poultry, they know where it's coming from and the family who raises the animals with care and respect. Place your order now at barbersfoods.com or call 303-466-7338. Pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse located at I-70 and Brighton Boulevard near the National Western Center. Or for those in the Denver metro area, Barber's Foods will deliver direct. Colorado Source Bison, Organic Grass-Fed Beef, USDA Prime Beef, Purebred Wagyu. 
slow-range non-GMO Duroc pork, free-range chicken, non-GMO turkeys, and more. Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado native, owned and operated. Barber'sFoods.com. And we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. we got a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. Mark, thanks for holding. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing good. good. Doing well. Good. Appreciate your uh, calls. On, or you had some calls on the batteries, so that answered my first question I had about RV batteries. So I think oh, good. we're good there. But, but I appreciate that. And I do have a question. I just got a 93 F250. A 460 VA um, from a gentleman out. Took he was the owner, one owner. That's about a hundred thousand miles, well maintained, but it's got a slight um, exhaust leak, and you can hear it a little bit. And I just wondered if I were to go for emissions, that's something they'll ding me on, or if it should not be a problem. Typically, not an issue with a very slight exhaust leak. Um, you know, as long as it's not registering incorrect amounts of like you know air being drawn into the exhaust before their tester so usually you know slight leaks up at the manifold are not typically an issue um if you were having an exhaust leak that was affecting fuel trims and affecting the you know the oxygen sensors stuff like that then it could play into it but if it's just like a slight tick rarely is that ever an issue okay all right i just wondered i'm going to get it fixed or repaired but i just thought if i got emissions on it before if that would be an issue so yeah, yeah, I see. Okay. Well, I would get an emissions first and then see. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good deal. No, I appreciate that. And then, is there anything that, I mean, I'll probably go through and change all the fluids and all that, have all that stuff done. I did a tune-up a couple years ago, but it's been sitting since, like, April of last year. And uh, I was just wondering on those engines, is there anything particular to look for? Um uh- what was the engine? I'm sorry. 460. 460. 460. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, changing the plugs on those is what I would do and put a little uh-huh. bit of sealer on them, but, or not sealer, but anti-seize. Uh, anti-seize, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times people on the 460, they don't want to change the plugs, and we'd find out they'd get, they kind of seize, seize in there because no one wants to change them because they're not easy to get to. Right. But um, fluids, yes, fluids. I would change all the fluids. That way there you know when you got those fluids changed. Right. That's your mark. Um, but other than that, I don't know when the yeah. 460s are. I run a full synthetic, I think 1030 on that one, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And um, okay. yeah, and then the platinum filter. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think he was running uh, synthetic, but that was my first thought too. Is the oh, sure. Synthetic. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, that uh, question I had was the emissions main main question. So I know oh, yeah. that's all we had. Yeah, good right. good trucks. No. They yeah, yeah, they're good trucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was he he bought it for for towing a fifth wheel, and uh, so it's got heavy duty transmission. The four sixty got heavier springs and axle, and and uh, so anyway, so I'm I'm looking forward to getting ready for for summers to pull the same thing and release. Yep, definitely Very good. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Mark. Yeah, thank you. All right, Doug from Pueblo, how you doing? Very good. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to talk to you guys. Oh, thanks for calling uh, in. Yeah. Well, I've got an old four Toyota Tundra with a small V6, and I'm just wondering, it's had the same catalytic converter on there forever. 
should I be expecting problems from that? And um, is there a preemptive maintenance that I can do? I've heard of people soaking them in dish soap or something. No, 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 no. no don't do that. Leave it on there. Just don't. Yeah, don't do anything other than regular maintenance on the engine for sure. Yeah, the, the best thing you can do is keep the vehicle in good running order, changing your yeah. fluids, uh, maybe a little BG44K yeah. here and there. Um, but a catalytic converter inherently um, is not used up over the life of the vehicle. So as long as you don't have a burning oil, um, you know, misfires, Misfire. yeah. that kind of stuff where it would, you know, basically coat the surfaces internally in the catalytic converter and, and reduce its efficiency – in an ideal world, that catalytic converter is pretty much good forever. Um, rarely does wow. that happen. Right. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we're not in a perfect world. But, no, no. But, yeah, but by keeping up on your maintenance, that's yep. the first step. Well, that's a wonderful thing to hear. Thank you very much. You 280,000 yep. miles, it doesn't burn oil. I mean, it just runs like a top still. Great. So, anyway, I'm just grateful for you guys to give me that good information. Yeah, just keep ahead of the curve, you know, by keeping it tuned up and yep. and maintenance it properly, and then you'll be do you'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. You, guys. you All bet. Right. Thanks. All right. With that, we got three lines open: three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. We'll answer any of the questions you got. Just give us a call. Um, maintenance is you know something I was going to talk a little bit about today because. So, you know, when it gets into winter, we think, oh, I don't need maintenance. It's too cold out there to do it, and I don't want to mess with it. But you need to be maintenance in your car all the way through. And, and right. just like him, if he wanted to keep that catalytic converter clean, you know, by doing it ahead of time, don't mm-hmm. wait till the plugs start to foul. And no, then, right. Because mm-hmm. you can never get right in or never get a chance to fix it right away. No. If you're me, I, I never get a chance to stop right now and go put plugs in. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. three or four miles can sure take its toll. Oh, it yeah. Can. You're misfiring yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you can, yeah that's exactly. why... Uh, you know, flashing check engine light is typically referred to as a catalyst um, damaging misfire. Right. 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 Um, so yeah. getting those, you know, if you have a check engine light on, get that checked right away. You know, right. I mean, if you're lucky, it's just something emissions related, like a loose gas cap, and it's not a big deal. But at least then you have that knowledge. Right. Um, I almost wish they had a check engine light that went in stages, you know, yellow, yeah. red, you know, flashing right. red, you know, right. that kind of thing. Because there's so many codes now. But but what would happen is people would wait yeah, till it turns red <laughs> to deal with. Well, it's you know, it's green yellow right for now. Years. I can go get it looked at. I'm not going to worry till it gets to mm, yellow. Right. Well, now it's yellow. I'm going to wait till it gets to red because <laughs> right, I don't have any right. time. Yeah. 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 At least some of the newer cars now they do things where if something's going wrong, they reduce the you know they cut the back power. on the engine performance. They yeah. cut back on the power yeah. to try to save you know, the life save, that. save things, yes. but also really show the the driver look. Your car's messed up. Stop trying to drive. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it makes know, sense. Stop yeah. turning up the radio when you have <laughs> drive shafts that are falling out of the car. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know, they put it in limp mode for a reason. Yeah. You know, there's something right. that you know, put it in second gear. It's really low on power. It's like, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah. There's I a reason for that. Yeah, I would definitely follow up on your comment about maintenance. Is Almost every maintenance catalog out there, right? They talk about normal and severe maintenance, and right. and every person out there typically will follow your normal maintenance chart. If you live anywhere in Colorado, you severe. probably <laughs> can't achieve right. the requirements of a normal maintenance pack uh, right. interval. Right. Yeah. Um, changing your oil more often, especially on the newer cars. Almost every GDI car out there now has had some kind of issue with enhanced timing chain wear. 
Um, I know Land Rover's got issues with it. Ford's got issues with it. Nissan. Everybody um, does. I think almost everybody does. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, oh, yeah. I know the API oil specs recently released an updated spec on um, regarding timing chain wear. Um, so yes. do your changes, I would say, twice as often as the manufacturer recommends, always with the best quality oil, always with yeah. the best quality filter. Um because it's kind of like you get what you pay for. Yeah. Right. You know, if you, if you want to, you know, get cheap stuff, you're going to get cheap results. That's right. You know, and exactly. if you take care of your car, like some of the, like the guy that bought that uh, 93 F250. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's clean. Yeah. The way yeah. he was talking. And it's probably because the guy maintenance it mm-hmm. properly and, and over did a little bit of maintenance. And yep. it's better to do that. Oh, yeah. Just like every year I go to, uh, when I go to pull my trailers, the first thing I do is repack the wheel bearings. Sure. I go through and I check the bearings i check the races to see if there's any oh. marks in it i replace them if i have to yeah right. you know and yeah. and i put new seals in and i put Actually. new grease in and yeah. and uh check all the wiring because yeah. wiring, wiring gets ripped up and, right. and then i check the ball hitch and i check i check everything on that i check yeah. my leaf springs i check my tires yeah you, you do that because you want to not have any problems mm-hmm. later on down you'd the road. rather fix it in your in your, in your garage drive, right. than you would on the side of the road yeah yeah exactly. yeah and the same with a car you want to do it ahead of time and then that car will serve you very very well yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah i used to have one when it was uh when i first started my shop and customers would always ask well what would you do and i said that's the wrong question i said you you want to ask me what i would do if it was my wife's car because I'll right. put up with all kinds of problems <laughs> for my own personal yeah. vehicle, but the last thing I want to do is hear it from the right, wife. Right. right? That's right. right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. All right. We have three lines open, 303-477-5600, and we're listening with to Drive Radio with Jeff and Ken and Dennis. Hi, I'm Rolly Purefoy. You know, being in business for six decades in any business is a tough thing to do, especially in today's highly complex and competitive world. As a small business, we certainly have experienced many trying times when there was no clear answer or path to take for survival. The COVID-19 virus for all of us has been the ultimate business disruptor, but once again, we've managed to keep on keeping on, and we are there to serve our many tried and true customers that have depended on us to always be there. We aren't and never will be a big high-flying dealership, but one with honesty and integrity and a culture of doing things right. We appreciate all our customers, many of which have come long distances to do business with us. We are proud of who we are and what we do. Purefoy proud. We certainly need and would appreciate a chance to earn your business, whether it would be for parts or service or if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. We'd love to be your Chevy dealer. Find us today at PurefoyChevrolet.com and find new roads. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. 
The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Okay, we're back, and we have three lines open, 303-477-5600. Love to ask you, have you call in with a question or two. We've been talking a lot about electric cars, batteries, um, what else? Towing. Uh, towing, towing yeah. trailer setup. Yeah. Trailer setup, RVs, yeah. batteries, yeah. Anything. Just, yeah. Maintenance, you know, and, uh, yeah, that, you made a good point, you know, because uh, we, you know, we could drive a car, and we know we can fix it real quick if something breaks or you know, I can fix that later. I'm not in no big hurry. But if my wife's driving it, I better be on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you or I are out and something happens, you know, it's like, eh, it's just us. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the, the wife out or the family or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. 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 yeah my daughter, she has, um, she has a Nissan Frontier and she went four wheeling with some friends of hers years ago and stuff. And on the way back, uh, one of the guys, she was driving with another guy and his, truck started acting up and stuff and he pulls over and he's trying to fix it and she's like well where's your tools and he goes well i only have these and she's like really i have more tools than you because <laughs> she, she, she's always wanting tools you know and i'm always buying her tools and stuff and Get as we're going she's like well you need this to fix that and you need this and that and he's like well, who made you boss? And stuff. She goes, well, my dad owns a repair shop. <laughs> right. I know what to bring. And so you should be bringing all this stuff. And it was, it was just funny when she's just telling the story, you know? Oh yeah. And she goes, we wound up getting home after he listened to me to get this fixed. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, well, Hey, you know, we're, we can fix things, but yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it, it's funny you say tools and stuff. And I have people ask me, well, what kind of tools do you take on a trip? And I'm like, you know, I, I don't take a lot, but when we would, go camping on our dirt bikes and stuff like that i would always take my dirt bike tool bag mm -hmm. yeah and and I, if i had to do any repairs at home which luckily we never need them on the trail but um you know i would always work out of that bag at home doing anything that i had to do that way if i didn't have something and i had it at home it would go in the bag or if i didn't yeah. ever use this one thing i would take it out mm -hmm. yeah i always have enough tools that, that i know i need to yeah. fix my truck right yeah yeah. Yeah. We do have a caller. So we have two lines open, 303-477-5600. We're going to take a call from Wayne from Ogallala, Nebraska. How you doing, Wayne? Fine. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, well, thanks for getting on. Okay. Uh, with all these charges down the road, you know, people like putting chargers around the block and in their home or, or in their, you know, for their homes and so forth for charging cars. What is that going to do to the to the home to the to the to the homes for electricity? Is that going to 
pull electricity out of that for them? Or what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, 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 well, I do know, like, some homes only have so much of a panel mm -hmm. that they can handle and stuff. And so it depends on what they have in the house. If they have an AC running and they have, you know, they have two stoves and they're cooking out of both stoves and stuff, something's got to give eventually. But you're also going to, I mean, with the infrastructure that's there, you have a situation where your neighbor now is, in essence, pulling down so much power that could you affect your, your home, right? That, I think right. that's, you know, one of the that's questions is how does – you know, if you overtax the system, right, they just, you know, I mean, it's like California with AC, right? You know, how many times do they have brownouts? Yeah. Are we going to have that type of situation with vehicle charging in the future? Right. It sounds, it sounds like it is, yeah, the, the way it's going. Sounds like that's probably what will happen. Could possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll be yeah. teething pains, no doubt about it, and they're going to have people that say, well, I couldn't make it in today because my car didn't charge overnight because my house had a brownout. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another another deal. Uh, whatever whatever happened to this, or where's it going? This uh, plasma plug. Plasma plug, like spark plug. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah. Well, it's a high ener high ener energy coil system. Uh, a guy, uh, a Japanese guy, invented it over here. Okay, uh, the government might might have might have got it, but uh, it's a it's a plasma plug that uh, will run anything anything gas, you know, lawnmowers, jet engines, uh, you know, anything like that. Okay, and they claim that even when they turn, they could run any kind of fuel, a hydrogen. Uh, you know, alcohol, so on and so forth. And they say that thing will run on pure air. Hmm. Huh. Never heard of it. Well, I have okay. to do research well, on that. It was on a radio program uh, one night uh, about two years ago, okay? I, I suppose the government got that. But uh, hmm. I, met a, I met a scientist, okay, from Bell Labs, an old guy. Uh, drove him across country because he didn't have an automobile and he was wanted to carry a bunch of radio parts and stuff. So I, I, I drove him clear down, clear down next to the border, of Colorado. Okay, and I had a good long talk to, with him, and he was talking about this very same thing in a different way. That when electricity, like lightning, comes down, it cracks and makes thunder. And he asked, "What? Well, what do you think that thunder is?" And a lot of people say, well, it's a splitting of the air and everything. And he says, no. He says that lightning is kind of like uh, something that Tesla was working on. Uh, and it's uh, what it does is it converts hydrogen gas into a nitrate. And you know what a nitrate is? A nitrate, you know, they use it in explosives and stuff. And uh, when I heard this, I thought right away, you know, this plasma plug will convert the, hyd the nitrogen uh, compression in the cylinders and convert it to nitrate. And there's your fuel right there. Hmm. You know, hmm. it's a futuristic thing. But, uh, you know, if they, could, if, if they could get that out and, 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 and uh, you know, make it work and everything... It would revolutionize 
everything. Yeah, I, I never heard of it. But yeah, I haven't heard of it, and I definitely don't know the physical physics involved. Yeah, it sounds like a new thing. Yeah. Uh huh. It's a new thing, but it's so simple because this this guy boosted uh, uh, did something to the ignition system and everything on these automobiles and, and engines uh, to fire that. Uh, uh, he invented a plasma plug to fire that plasma plug, and he says it's so hot it's like you know like like almost the temperature of the sun or something. But when he say they turn everything off and that sucker runs on air, just what comes into the into the engine, that reminded me of this nitrate uh, process uh, through uh, nitrogen. Hmm. So you know yeah. uh, that's something to, that's something that they have to look at down the road. And didn't I hear that they were going to pass the bill to open up some of these uh, uh, inventions that they clamp down on for? You know, uh, um, uh, energy. Don't know anything about that stuff, so. Yeah, but anyway, I thought my, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll just leave you, leave you at that, okay? All right. Well, thanks for calling, in, Wayne. Yeah. Hear about stuff and learn about stuff every day. Yeah. 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 Let's go to Paul from Cheyenne. How you doing, Paul? Hey, how you doing today? Good. Thanks for calling in. All right, I got two uh, two little issues, I guess. Uh, I've got a '94 GMC uh, 4x4. It's got a, a, a foil 60E in it, I'm pretty sure. And recently, I lost uh, overdrive. It just will not go into overdrive. It usually runs about 18 RPM at 65 miles an hour. Now it's hanging about 22. Any ideas? I was thinking maybe the TCC solenoid. But do you have when you say you have no overdrive? Are you, do you have um, you have third gear? I I have yeah I have all gears except for the overdrive, and it runs fine. Just won't go into overdrive. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's hard to say on that one. Being yeah. a '94, the and no, the check engine light, does it come on intermittently or ever? No. I don't think I have with that. Might well, not, yeah. If the check engine light comes on, it's usually uh, because of uh, it has, uh, one of the... Uh, Throttle position. It's, not, it's in the uh, exhaust. Uh, oh, oxygen sensor? Yeah, oxygen sensor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it doesn't have overdrive, I, you know, I, I can't think... all they think did for overdrive in 94 was lock up the torque converter. No, because it would be the 700R4 or the 4L60, probably. That's so. what he has with the 4L60. That's what he thought. Yeah, yeah. so that would be a four-speed, so it would be lock up with a torque converter, or lock up with overdrive, because it, yeah, it drops the ratios down to 0.8-something. Um, yeah, hard to say why that... that if your throttle, if it's sensing your throttle is open or you know is is too heavily down or map pressure, but typically those would set a code, I would think. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we need to take a break, Paul. So why don't you hang on? Oh, let's put them right. on hold, and we'll just we'll just pick back up after we get f through a break. Okay, that'll be a good thing to talk about. Yeah, and it'll give us a chance to look at some things. So you're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560 with Ken, Jeff, and Dennis. 
Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.